0: What's up, guys? Four Corners, post-draft edition. I'm going to do that again. (laughs) That was a cool intro. (laughs) I know. Well, maybe we should keep it. Should we keep it? We'll see. Uh, Jared, if you're listening, I'm going to leave this up to you. You can keep it or not keep it. Uh, This is Four Corners, the post-draft edition. We are here. Uh, I am one half of your hosts, Ray uh, Ray Von Hagshaw on Twitter. You can always find me there. Tweet. Um interesting, mean, positive comments, whatever you need, find me online. Uh Peter, Bucket since 88, how you doing?
1: Doing great. Um soaking it all in, ready to see glad that we got a little more clarity moving forward now. For sure, for sure.
0: I we have a guest, uh Zach Gottlieb. He's gonna join us here in a quick moment. And we're going to be breaking down basically our takeaways from the draft. Uh, The Nuggets take three players. I will take a small little victory lap and say that I was right and that they took their picks. And uh, just talk about how we feel about those picks and and not just about the picks, but about the notion that they were taken and used and we're not trading them and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, That's where we'll start. So our guest for this week, uh, Zach, how are you doing? He is on Pike's peak at this moment. We, uh, in, in four corners tradition, we, um, have people record from all over, uh, in the most unique locations. That's how we, we do are the it most year.
1: diverse podcast in Nuggets nation.
0: For sure. For sure. Hands down. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, we lost Zach for a second, but he'll be back. Um, he's here. The first, somewhere he's coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, start off with some smaller nugget news. Um, Jamaicla Green, former Denver Nugget, is actually uh, going to be, according to uh, local beat writers for the Denver—sorry, not for the Denver Nuggets—for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Jamaicla Green. Is pending to be moved to preferably contender Uh, they recognize that he is in a place where he's looking to do more to contend and kind of compete and obviously the Thunder are where they are as far as they're still kind of looking to churn the wheels and and collect assets and um, you know what's interesting I, I find that I would not be shocked If maybe next season, I mean, maybe not, maybe not this season, but maybe the season after that, then the Thunder were like a 51 team, you know, in just this sudden swing of a, of a, of a year. Uh, I don't know if if you feel this to be true, but I mean, I think there are a few teams where like, I think the the Pelicans are also one of those teams um, that they could be that could just kind of make that leap, if that makes sense, and go from a place where nobody's really thinking about them. Uh, th- maybe are people thinking about Minnesota? I mean, does this count? If they if they kind of uh, arrived on the playoff
1: stage, would you be shocked? Well, you just threw a lot at me right there. I mean, I'll, I'll go to Thunder first. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I like their young pieces. Uh, so I definitely could see them. Getting maybe to that fifty-win mark in two to three years, um, we'll have to see what kind of moves they make. Obviously, a lot of time between now and then. Uh, but I do like their core. Pelicans definitely high on them as well. Uh, they have a lot more ready to win now players. Like they'll, they should be better than OKC this year. And mm-hmm. then Minnesota, same thing. You know, I think they had a lot of nice pieces going into this year. Um, obviously, they ended the well the year well last year, getting the seventh seed. And uh, winning, taking two games off the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round, so they definitely have to feel like they're trending up. Obviously, their big question surrounding their franchise is sort of what happens with D'Angelo Russell. But uh, let's let's save like the long-term talk and get into the draft here. For um, sure, for sure. Uh, but first, let's introduce Zach.
0: You're back. Hopefully, can you hear us? Can we hear you? <laughs> we can hear something. How you doing, man, my, my guy?
2: Yeah. I'm doing good. We're so standing on a mountain for the viewers and listeners. We are standing on a mountain for the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Um, it's a little rainy out, a little foggy, but and very loud cars. But we're doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk some draft, though I have some opinions. Oh, really interesting. To hear.
0: I'm excited to hear them. I'm excited to hear them. Uh, so do we want to start with the top pick, or do we want to work our yeah. way up?
1: Yeah, let's go. All harder. right. So... You, you know, I, I heard you take a little credit there at the front. You know, congratulations to you, Ray. You had it right. <laughs> we did keep both picks. Um, but you know what? Well, I'm also you say proud I'm myself. Because I'm also we, proud we got more picks. I mean, in that way. Yeah, we, we, we overindulged. Yeah, we went back for yeah. seconds. Um, but, hey, you know, we were talking to each other last week about, should we do a show before the draft or would that be a waste of time? Turns out we were right because we both had some pretty good takes there. I mean, I told you guys about Christian Brown last show, so now I get to talk about him even more. I mean, there there, there could not have been a player at that range in the draft that I was going to be happier that the Nuggets took. So I was actually still surprised that we took him at 21, but I was so happy because he's what we need. He's – a Michael Malone guy. I mean, Michael Malone's going to love this guy. This guy is like he's a dog, you know? Like he he loves defense. He's he's going to get in your chest. He's going to do the dirty thing dirty work, do the little things. And I've got a player comp for you that's that's not perfect, but in the style that he plays, the way he reminds me, he actually could be this iteration of the Nuggets Gary Harris. Interesting. Do you think – I mean, how likely do you
0: think it is that he, A, uh, breaks into the rotation and, B, uh, is a starter? If you, I mean, likelihood by percentages, if, you, if that's easier.
1: All right, so percentages. Um, I'm going to say 75% chance he breaks into the rotation because there's like a 98% chance that the Nuggets have at least one injury. Right, this is the new NBA where the court is spread out. Teams are getting up and down. There's a lot more cutting, a lot more shifting your weight. There's a lot more a lot of core turned injuries, turn angles. Exactly. There's there's more injuries now than there ever has been. It feels like. So yeah. even with all the the load management, as we like to call it, it's like teams are gonna. They have to prepare for injuries. So right, you know, Bron probably won't be. He's definitely not going to be opening day starter, probably won't even be opening day rotation off the bench, but at some point he's going to get a chance. That's fair.
0: Um, Zach, how did you feel after uh, we took Christian Brown?
2: He was a guy I'd read about two days earlier, and I'd heard you guys on the pod last week, so I, I did get a Much glimpse of the name. Um, he's a good he's a good player, man. He's, he's an NBA-ready player today, and I think – I think he could be in the rotation day one. Whoa! Now that depends on what we do in free agency and in the trade, yeah. in the trade market. So it's still early, but looking at the roster today, I think he's going to be in the rotation. I think he's going to be better as a two as a pro, but you know Michael Malone likes to play as twos, as threes, so he's definitely going to be a three at some point, probably yeah. start the year. Um, bank on that one, to be honest. <laughs> uh, um, but I like him as a player. He He's got something that... I don't think we talk about it necessarily as much in basketball, and something the Nuggets definitely don't have, which is some sandpaper. He just plays gritty, mm. plays hard, and he's he's just frustrated. Interesting, and I love that about an NBA. I love that about.
0: I am excited to see him play for sure. Um, what I when I look at and you see it. Sorry, you were you were saying?
2: I cut out there, huh?
0: A little bit, um, but that's okay.
2: Yeah, no, I think this is a guy who's going to play day one. I really do. He's He's got the skill set that we needed in the worst way. Plus, he just seems like the ultimate Jokic, pit, Jokic player. I'm all about this guy.
0: Well, I think about, like, who is his competition, and it's mostly Davon Reed and Will Barton on the roster right now. You know, I mean, a lot of people are saying Will Barton's going to be moved. We will see. I think about Mike Malone and what his priorities are going to be, and – when I look at those three and who might be the best defender, if it's Christian, I mean, I can't really imagine why he wouldn't be in the rotation to some extent. If he is literally the best defender we have. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Michael Malone can turn that down to some extent. So it'll be, uh, I mean, I'm curious about his sort of, offensive game and, and I mean I know he can do a lot of things but like what he actually what role he actually finds in, in the Nuggets offense and around Jokic and, and around those guys well and if he'll even play with Jokic is also a thing as well where you know a lot of the guys that we bring in we think about oh is this guy going to play with Jokic can't he be a Jokic ball guy and ultimately uh before we can figure that out they have to become a um a Mason Plumley guy, or uh, can he play with Bones, I guess? Is, or can he play with whoever our
1: backup center may or may not be? So, Ray, I can answer the, the offensive question for you a little bit if you want. Sure. So, watching a lot of tape of him over the last couple of days, he is a guy that is excellent in transition, okay? Now, the Nuggets don't run a lot compared to the rest of the league, they do not. But if there's one thing that really frustrated us last year, it was how bad we were in transition, right? Like Harrison Window is joked the Nuggets are, are they love go, having a three on one break and then bricking a three in transition. <laughs> like <laughs> Brown is a guy uh, who's, you know, he's 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, he's actually going to attack the basket and try to get a layup for you. So that's a good thing. That's something you like. Um, is he a dunker? Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of dunks. Um, He's not afraid to go up strong Actually, you know, I I have to throw this Player comp out there Uh, The reason I said Gary Harris was just more like That's the role he's going to play for us The guy that he really reminds me of Is Alex Caruso I mean, just a guy that's going to get All up in your face, but he's still aggressive You know, he can hit knock down enough shots But you're not going to like run your offense Through him or anything, but he's still He's a really good connector piece I mean, if you remember that Lakers run in the bubble Caruso was big for them You know, playing his
0: role. What's your over/under on Brown posters in summer league? Um, Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, but but let me
1: go a little further. So, offensive game. He's he's not this guy that's like super athletic, super quick. He's not gonna like break his guy down. But you know, catching the ball on the move or in the corner secondary, he's he's good enough to take a few dribbles to the basket. And the one thing I really liked about him was. If his defender did a good job staying in front of him, he wasn't afraid, and then like throwing up some bullshit shot. He was very crafty in like using euro steps, uh, switching hands, Um, very creative finisher. So he's gonna make some normal rookie mistakes. You know, he's gonna he's gonna frustrate you at times, but for the most part, he's not this like thirsty scorer that's gonna you know hunt for shots and just because you know how a lot of guys when they when they get in the paint they sort of have their mind made up like oh this has to go up. He's not like that. He's much more like, if it's there, I'll take it. If not, I kick it out. And that's, like Zach was saying, that's exactly the type of player we need is if you have Jokic, Murray, and Porter, that's 60% of your starting lineup, right? Well, those guys are going to take over 60% of the shots. So what do you need the other two guys to do? You need them to be low usage and play defense, and that's something that he's going to know exactly how to do. And that's why it's so important that we've been talking for years about you have to have high IQ players to win a title because there's going to be plenty of games where he doesn't have double figures, right? He'll go like mm-hmm. two for five from the field, seven points. But if the Nuggets win, he did his job. Hmm. Interesting, interesting.
0: I, I mean, do you think they're...
1: Okay, I'll put it this way. Do you think he would play over Davon Reed? I do. So here's the thing about Davon Reed. We really liked him last year, mostly because he was called up from the G league and played pretty well. That doesn't always happen. Um, I think the G league has been around pretty long now to where teams have done a good job of like, you know, they're playing NBA basketball down there. They're playing with the, the long um, three point line and NBA rules, 24 second shot clock. So they know the game, which is good practice for those guys. And he is a talented player. And he had plenty of games where he played well for us. The problem with Davon Reed is we also saw plenty of games where he did a lot of really puzzling things. And that was like sort of the main, uh, you know, showing for me of like why this guy was not sticking in the NBA before is because sometimes he either gets a little thirsty or he just takes a lot of strange gambles on defense. And I'm here to Mm -hmm. tell you that Christian Brown isn't like that. He's much more solid. He's much more like I'm just trying to – try to make the right play. You know, if a guy makes a crazy drive or a questionable pass, I'll be there for the steal, but I'm not going to gamble. I'm not going to put my team in a position where I hurt them because I'm trying to make a play, you know? You got to remember, Davon Reed is like, when you're called up from the G League, you think you have to do something to stand out to coaches to stay there. Christian Brown's locked in there. He's a first-round pick. He's got a four-year contract. He knows he doesn't need to take gambles. So I'm sure he'll gamble some, but for the most part, he's going to be solid. Okay. Yeah, I mean – to be fair, it, it's under. <laughs> if I was
0: on two, wide, I'd be like, "Yeah, I, I do want to try. Right. I guess do something, make make mm-hmm. an impact." Um, and, and to be fair, like I understand it sometimes where players want to. I'd rather they get up a shot than turn the ball over. But sure. I'd rather they. Oh, like Malik Beasley. <laughs> sure. Uh, I think PJ Dozier, as a guy who like he one of his best routes to limiting turnovers for him was just shoot the ball you know you're open you you pretty much get to the you get to your spots mm-hmm. uh I'd rather he do that than do something do too much with it but fair um but if he can you know keep your composure and sort of continue to sort of move the ball I think that is really useful especially for this Denver Nuggets team especially for players like Jokic like Michael Porter like Jamal
1: Murray so well, we struggled with turnovers at times last year, right? So he's another high. You bring in another high IQ player. Hopefully, you you limit turnovers. For sure, for sure. Do uh, we want to slide to Peyton Watson? Um. Zach, did you have any more thoughts on uh, Christian Brown? Christian Brown. Oh, we lost you for a second.
0: Oh, uh, I actually do have a comment on Christian Brown. Sure. I feel like he would fit Denver's bar scene pretty well.
1: Oh, my God. This is where you going? This is where I'm going. I'm not going to lie. So I, you I feel think like he's going to be a fan favorite? He might. I mean,
0: actually, yeah. I, I'm pretty confident saying he would be a fan favorite. I mean, he's going to have those, like, white guy dunk on you, like, uh, highlight yeah. reels on occasion. And, you know, I, I feel like... The, the bros are gonna love him. I feel like he
1: uh he enjoys mm. his flip cup. Uh, it's possible. Mm. I have a I have a follow up to that though. Was Mason Plumley a fan favorite or is it like too weird when a guy? He was, was an that ironic tall? fan favorite. <laughs> he was like, you
0: know, he was a fan favorite. Like, I mean, he, he almost like in the way Jokic is, but to a lesser extent, because he's just kind of goofy looking and he has short arms and he he like. He is kind of frustrating on the court sometimes, but at the same time, he uh, he has enough impact. He has big plays, he has uh, dunks and blocks and, and stuff like that that people see and they're like, "Wow, okay, cool, that's awesome." He, is, he hustles, he works hard, and um, I don't know. He he just grows on you. He's he's ironic. He's ironically fan positive. I don't know if he's a fan favorite. Um, but I think he's liked by fans, maybe even controversially. Maybe he's hated by some fans as well because he can't score outside of two feet from the
1: basket, but uh, I got one more take on uh, Christian Brown before we move on. Okay. So I know you don't watch college, but he played at the University of Kansas, which is only about a seven-hour drive from Ball Arena, and Obviously, they're really good. They just won the national championship. Historically, good program, and a program that has a pretty large fan base that travels really well. Um, I remember watching a game a couple years ago. I think Devonte Graham was on the Hornets at the time, and uh, he played all four years at Kansas. And there was like hundreds of Kansas fans at Ball Arena just coming to watch Devonte Graham. So, really? now that we have a Kansas player on the Nuggets. I'm telling you, this is gonna be big for like those random Tuesday night games when we're playing the Magic. There's gonna be a lot more Nuggets fans in the building. Big win for the Cronkies. (laughs) Right, so this actually, I wasn't actually trying to say like, that was like part of the idea was like, let's sell more tickets. But I do think it could help the home crowd a little bit. Do you know him like personality wise? So everything I hear is that like, he's a dick. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we kind of need that, right? I mean, I've I've seen some of the clips. And, like, every uh-huh. time you block somebody, he's like, give me that shit. You know? But it's like, I mean, I think a lot of guys playing basketball yeah. do that. So that doesn't right. make him unique. I've, I've, I, you
0: know, you listen to But he's not one the, of these, like, super quiet guys. If one of my favorite, actually, additions to the league was the sort of, like, at the rim, like, uh, microphone. Uh-huh. It's, it's just one of, you know, you catch, you catch some of the darn, it's like when kids say the darndest thing, same vibe, same vibe for sure. Right. Um, we did lose Zach for a second,
1: but I'm sure he'll be back and we'll get his final thoughts on Christian. Uh, yeah. He's competitive. But right now. I mean, I think Malone will like him. I think Jamal is going to like him. I think Jokic is going to like him. That's yeah. like the three most good. important people in, you know, on the team. Abrasive, but a good character guy, hopefully. Right. Willing, willing to get down and dirty and do the dirty work.
0: Right. That's I mean that's that's what it's all about. Uh I don't want to say he is my favorite pick cuz right. we don't know who they're going to be yet. Mm-hmm. But
1: Peyton Watson he's really intriguing. Yeah, you're super that, high on this. Um we we I'm probably not gonna need say- to we probably need to explain like what happened, how we got here, right? So the Nuggets didn't have this pick about a week ago. And uh, they trade your Michael Green. They get this pick from the Thunder. And they gave up a future first round pick to get 2027. this 2027. And uh, a lot of people were confused and even angry by this selection. And I actually want to say something that I haven't heard said yet that I just need to remind people about. When you have the okay. 30th pick in the draft, it has a very low hit rate in general. So... I actually don't expect Peyton Watson to become a rotation NBA player. There's like less than 50% chance that that happens. So I'm actually not mad at taking a swing just because I think the Nuggets fans have been a little bit spoiled in how good Tim Connolly has been drafting. And so it's a long-term play. The thing that really sort of made me perk up about this pick was when you texted me our depth chart. And you pointed out that he's actually the only natural small forward on the roster, which, yeah, it's a red flag, and there's still free agency to play out. But it kind of shows like, hey, this is a guy we can develop (laughs) and actually could play a lot for us down the road because we don't have anybody like this.
0: No, um, and I think that I'm both high and low. I'm very polar, I guess, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, where um, with Christian Brown – I feel very confident uh that he will be a competent NBA player. Yeah. I don't think he'll be like a world beater. Um I saw someone compare him to like a Matthew Vadova mm-hmm. tier player. And sure. I would be happy. I would be fine with that and happy with it. That would help us, right? Right. Um with Peyton Watson, he could be avidly. league. Like, he could be a bowl bowl. Like it's very possible. Sure. Um his, if you watch him play, he does a lot of things. There's a lot of negatives that you can see. He breaks open layups. He uh, sometimes doesn't set his feet properly, and he puts up shots that make you go, wow, do you even know how to play basketball? He The way he moves sometimes, it's, it's kind of goofy. Like, he doesn't have total control over his body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At the same time, despite all of that, he has a lot he has obviously he's 6'8 he's uh you know projects to be one of those guys who can be like 220 230 you know plus who can still have that like mobility um because there are other places where you see how agile he is just naturally uh where it, maybe he's not in total control but he can get to his spot so easily and and this is just at the college level but Nobody's really stopping him from getting, you know, he can get to whatever spots he wants to get to. Whether he breaks it afterwards, that's an open question. Sometimes, right. you know, you see uh, an open three or a layup or, or mid-range. Even his mid-range game is he seems to find some comfort in it and it can look really good. Or not. <laughs> so, it's 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 to me, it's hugely about how hard is he going to work. How much polish can he apply to his game? You Mm -hmm. know, even comparing his uh, pro day to his college tape, he has, I don't want to say he is growing a lot, but there's a meaningful difference there in in terms of what I see in his handle, in his comfort with the ball, in his shooting form, uh, that sort of thing. And by every indication that I've heard that he's like a high character guy, I'm really interested to see Given that that's the metric is like how hard is he willing to work uh, combined with the fact that we actually have a G League team now and now he can play basketball on a consistent basis
1: yes, compared that's to a other big key projects
0: too. that we've had before in the past and that we don't have to have him in the rotation to develop him, especially like at this level. That
1: gives me more confidence because the G League is something that we've used pretty well to develop guys. We just haven't always had full control. Now right. we don't have to worry about him getting minutes or him playing in a system, right? So right. that part of it is better. Um, can I give you an everything goes right player comp for him? Okay. Dorian Finney-Smith of the Mavericks. Dorian. Excellent role player, 6'8", long, good athlete. Now, Smith's a pretty good shooter, so Peyton mm-hmm. wants going to have to long long road to get there but he's a guy that just really got better every year the difference obviously is finney smith stayed four years in college and then kept developing once he got to the pros so the big question on whether this draft pick ends up making sense is how fast does peyton watson develop because it's very possible that we developed him for four years and then he's like a fringe nba player and then he's like good after the nuggets that would be a real bummer so we'll have to see what I happens think- yeah, we've got some time, I think. What because, partly because he is the 30th
0: pick, and he, we have him under team control. But I also think what we're looking at maybe is like the understudy to Aaron Gordon to okay. some extent in terms of the role that he's going to fill. I know Aaron Gordon is not necessarily like the um, natural, not necessarily a natural small forward exactly. Um, and and in like a player comp, I, I called him like a Giannis super light. Like, I'm not saying he is Giannis, but, like, he has that kind of, that kind of frame, that kind of, like, stiltiness Mm -hmm. to himself, where if he can round out himself physically and mentally and get that finesse that he needs, just to, just to, he doesn't have to do complicated things. He doesn't need uh, fancy, you know how Faku needs to pull, like, fancy behind the back, wrap around over the head between the legs passes? Yeah. He doesn't need to do any of that. He just needs to do the simple things. He just needs to have, like, a a power dribble, you know. He doesn't need – he just has to be strong with the ball. He doesn't need to do anything complicated. Um, and, Ray, you know and what's he, fascinating
1: he just, about even the NBA is, like, I feel like there's a pretty fine line if you're talented from guys who are playable to when you're actually good. And so a guy I think about is when the Celtics drafted Robert Williams, he was a project, you know, good athlete, long Strong, can jump out of the gym, block shots, doesn't know how to play at all. Um, Started showing some signs in year three. At the end of year three, they gave him an extension. I think a little over like $10 a year. People were going, whoa, that's kind of a big investment. Then in year four, he's looking really good. All of a sudden, that looks like a steal of a contract. So I think that's kind of the hope with a guy like Peyton Watson is, can he show a little more each year? Maybe in year three, he becomes playable. And then the Nuggets could potentially extend him for a price that makes sense. And if he keeps getting better, now you have a guy on a good deal. I think that's the hope. I don't think anybody really thinks he's going to rise so fast that he becomes like a star or anything. But no, you hope that the development can just keep improving every year. And with guys like that, I think it is usually like, you know,
0: Giannis was not like a day one star. Right. It took him like him four or five years of work and and – polished to his game to get to that point. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and to your point, we probably can, I think, get him on a second deal that is team friendly. And maybe at that point, you kind of give a lot to work with there. You can continue, Obviously, you can keep him and play him and he's going to be useful for you. But then he's also, you know, a very movable kind of plus value piece. Uh, And I think that gives us a lot of flexibility down the line that I think is going to be necessary, you know, regardless of how we do this year or next year or the year after that, if you want to kind of continue contending, I think it's guys like uh, Peyton Watson who's going to enable that sort of uh, maintenance of, of, you know, depth and support and having good role players who are not. You know, we won't be the – I don't think we're the Lakers. We're not going to have a bunch of ring-chasing veterans who are going to come to Denver just because. For sure. Uh, Unless we want to do things like overpay for the uh, Trevor Arizas of of 2025. I don't (laughs) – we're going
1: to need guys like that. And and I I just have one more take about draft philosophy. And I'm sure there will be a lot of people that disagree with me on this or think this is like an insane take, but – I just think that it's okay to take swings once you're past pick like 24, 25, because, well, sure. I mean, yeah, low twenties. You still feel like you can get a good role player. Once you're getting past 25, the history is just not very high of those picks working out. So to me, it's okay to take a guy who's a project who might never help you. It's better than doing this, taking a guy who has a high enough pedigree that he has to play. And he's not good because then he's actively hurting you, all right. Emmanuel Moutier, right? <laughs> seventh pick from the draft, uh, yeah. We're like hoping for it to come around. The only way he helped us was being bad enough that we could take Jamal Murray the next year. But what you don't want is like because here's my half baked analogy, right? Nuggets fans always roast the Tyler Lydon draft. Was it bad? Yes, was Tyler Lydon a good player? No, but at least Tyler Lydon was bad enough that he didn't have to play, he didn't actually actively hurt the product on the court so i know people Mm -hmm. are going wait that's crazy wouldn't you want a guy who's a little bit better than that so he can get minutes and then maybe have some value maybe if you can trade him but if a guy's just gonna play and he's gonna be bad then there is no value and you don't want to actively hurt you so i don't think watson's actually going to be put in a position where it's like we need you he's gonna play when he's ready yeah i think that's gonna be that's valid and valuable for sure
0: and uh, I, who is the like? There are guys who I think are maybe like higher floor players than Watson at 30. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I mean, EJ, that was what does that really mean? Well, yeah, EJ, EJ Little. I think EJ would have been interesting, but for the most part, If it's a guy who he's high, his floor is higher than Peyton's, but like, what is it really to the point that he's not necessarily going to play and his ceiling is not something that like, does he really have a future that you're excited about? I mean, hard to know that, that, at that point, that's when I get to the point where it's like, you know, you could probably
1: just sign a guy. Well, and the truth is Ray, he might be better than Peyton Watson, but he also plays a different position. So it might not be what we need. I mean, you showed me the depth chart. We're stacked forward. So At it doesn't make forward. a whole lot of sense to draft EJ Liddell if he's going to be our sixth forward, right? Yeah. We want yeah Dean Watson to be more of that wing guy because um, we just don't really have a lot. Right. Right. And I think I mean, if we we drafted be for Finn, than... right? We drafted for need. We didn't draft I, for all swings here in this draft. No, we we
0: kind of met. I think they kind of did both, which is a little bit yeah. what I'm I'm pretty happy with. Right. Do we want to move to Ismail Kamagat?
1: I'm going to try
0: to do this. Take,
1: let's take a break first.
0: Okay. We'll take a break on the other side Ismail Kamagate. And we are back to talk about Ismail Kamagate. So, 611 super athletic, kind of stringy, but I think he has a lot of strength to him. Uh, what was your immediate reaction after we, you know, because I feel like it was kind of a, we thought we were done. You know, we had our two picks and uh, I was ready. I, I'm i not going to lie. I turned I turned off the TV and all that stuff. I was ready to go do other things. And then we buy back into the draft and we get a guy who uh, pl- from France plays uh, with Victor Wembanyama what was your
1: immediate reaction I guess to that pick and, and just the buyback in so my my immediate reaction was excitement because anytime you hear about your team take find, get getting an extra pick it's unexpected right it's like an extra lottery ticket you know I yeah. mean is do draft and stashes usually work out they usually don't but if if your ownership is willing to buy a pick and see if it works out, You know, why not? What's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is he stinks and he never comes over. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) but hey, that's fair. You got to you got to trust your scouting department. You got to trust that they're doing their homework overseas and, you know, seeing what kind of NBA skills they think guys have and envision a role for him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you got to like the measurables. You got to like the athleticism maybe he could be a solid backup one day who knows maybe even he becomes good enough to play alongside jokic you know in a in a dream scenario but um here's my interesting tidbit about him he plays on the same team as next year's consensus number 1 pick victor wembanyama in france so this guy's going to have a lot of eyeballs on him mm-hmm. and if he plays well then a lot of teams will be like ooh this guy's kind of interesting so he could possibly become a trade chip Uh, if he plays well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, very true. He could be a guy who serves to restock the cupboard, so to speak. I know we talk a lot about how many assets that we have or don't have and how we don't have a lot of picks in the future. I mean, uh, at the same time, as much as we use these picks and we we no longer have 21 and 30, I think we've picked up some guys that can kind of be potentially future assets in that way. Uh, but I also find him really interesting as a player, you know, um, just just from what I've seen of him, he, I mean, the first thing that I look for is like, does he play, quote unquote, the right way? And I think that's pretty true. Um, both in terms of, you know, he worked really hard. He has a very solid motor. I don't think he's soft, at least just from the tape that I've seen, you know, playing at the NBA level might be a little bit different, But, uh, I mean, especially with his, you know, he'll have to, you know, continue to fill out his frame and that sort of thing. But he also is not, I don't want to say, it's hard to describe big man passing. It's hard to be like, oh, yeah, he's a good passer. But I think for his size and role, he is a guy who is not a black hole offense. He's not a guy who is like. I don't know what to do besides just go try to score once I get the ball, if that makes sense. Uh, He can, I think, put the ball on the floor a little bit, especially against larger, less athletic big men. Uh, He has some comfort there. And he, I I don't want to say, we'll see if he has any kind of range, but I think he right now is um, athletic enough that he can be a solid, like short corner guy. Um, And I think he can excel and do that really well. And and more over to that that sort of idea, I think back to the Lakers when they won that championship with uh, LeBron and AD, and the way that they utilized other big men besides Anthony Davis as sorts of supports for him, where you know he's kind of especially with his frame. I think you have to kind of support him with you should have somebody doing rebounding and kind of the dirty work for him. I think that he finds that really useful. Uh, and I wonder if Jokic might as well in, in that sense, where if there, if he, I, I love the the 19 rebound games, you know, but if he didn't have to, that would be nice. Uh, if you could take him and maybe he doesn't have to guard the opposing teams. I mean, I don't think he's going to back down from a challenge. Obviously, Nikola Jokic is a competitor. He's going to do whatever he has to do to win. That said, if we're playing another team like an Anthony Davis, can't, is is Ismail a guy who you, you can throw on him and say, "Okay, Jokic, now you only have to guard uh, Dwight Howard or uh, insert center here." Like you can just guard the other guy uh, because Kamagathic does have the athleticism and the mobility that I think he's going to be a little bit more comfortable on the sort of more mobile fours of the league. I think he can do that. Now, side sidebar, I kind of, I, he's kind of, I think he's kind of a vibe. I don't want to say he's a vibes guy, but, you know, I've listened to some interviews with him, and he seems like a guy who's not going to, he, he's not a diva. Uh, he's not super you're not gonna find him. He's kind of a Jokic guy. Okay. He, he's not a club goer. He likes anime and gaming. <laughs> oh. and he just works out. Like that oh, okay. that's that's the kind of guy. And I think coming I mean, from that So he'll get along great with well. Michael Porter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think well I think that, I think Jokic likes gaming too. I, I think he plays like Fortnite or something. I don't play Fortnite. It's oh, too
1: I'm I don't keep up with that stuff, (laughs) but no, the one interesting thing I saw was that uh, I guess he came, he started playing basketball kind of late and uh, that's always kind of been like an interesting detail to me with guys, because on the one Mm -hmm. hand, it's like their development is behind. On the other hand, those guys usually do a better job of quote unquote playing the right way because they're coachable, right? Right. They're not going to be like these, they're not ever going to be these Jordan Clarkson types where they're just trying to go into the game and get buckets you know, he, like you said, he's going to try to play his role. Right. It's kind of like
0: guitar. Uh, if you, if you learn to play guitar, I think there are usually two routes people go is that you can kind of learn the right way Mm -hmm. and learn form and learn your sorts of, um, you know, your scales and that sort of thing and learn this sort of music theory of it and have that foundation. Or I think one of the things you see with a lot of people who are self-taught is that they have a lot of, um, bad habits that they've practiced for a long time. Right. So it's harder to undo that. And it's almost like it's easier to teach someone fresh, you know, and and to that extent they might have more room to grow in that way. and might grow quickly. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy with this pick. I mean, I think um, – I okay. mean, I know – he's probably not coming over this year. I would love to have a backup center for Jokic. I still think he could use that support. We'll sign somebody. Yeah, I I think so and uh maybe next year, maybe at some point. Um yeah. I'll I'll be really interested even if it's just a two-way. You know, mm-hmm. I, if it's if you can get Jokic to the sort of end line of the season just that much healthier with a little bit less wear and tear on his body and his mind and like emotionally, like he goes through a lot. So keeping him fresh
1: in in those senses, uh, I think he's important. So speaking of two-way, after the draft, we signed Colin Gillespie, fifth-year senior guard from Villanova. We did. Uh, Guy that played in the Final Four last year against Christian Brown, actually. Um, He was sort of the do-everything player for Villanova. But this guy is a very traditional point guard. He's... um, (laughs) I was listening to... uh, uh, blackburn earlier and they called him like taller faku <laughs> not taller faku but uh, i don't know if i like that comp. well the other the comp i liked more was uh can he uh, shoot more he shoot uh, more right. offensive minded T.J. mcconnell so yeah he's okay. like yeah he you know he's a good shooter i think he shot over 37 percent every year in college from three. so no he can definitely shoot and he's a guy that i'd have i would have a lot of confidence in you know on a two-way that if jamal or bones you know tweaks an ankle for a week that he can go in there and give you 12 solid minutes i mean he's not gonna blow you away but he's not gonna run the ship aground he you know he's knows how to play point guard do you think he i mean if this i mean it would make
0: sense if this were true but do you think he sort of reduces the likelihood that we go for a guy like a us yeah
1: i saw a report that he wanted the full mid-level so Unless Jokic is like super pushing for him, you know. I heard he is. I, I mean, mean, not super. Not like, hey, I am going to leave if you don't do this. But I think it, he like you know. There's there's just so much we don't know there because the Thunder have his rights. So you know, Booth can. not What are they willing to come off? Yeah, of we we really don't have a lot of assets. You know what? Yeah, few what few are we going to give them if we can't give them picks? Um, I'm not. I'm not super interested in that. Like, if Jokic wants the guy, I guess that's one thing. But it's like. I don't feel like you can always try to appease your your even your stars in that way because what we've seen for years is like as smart as LeBron is on the basketball court, he's pretty bad when it comes to picking talent around him. So I'm not saying Jokic has like a track record of being good or bad, but, you know, if we get him and makes Jokic happy, cool. If not, I don't think Jokic is going to like sulk and be mad at the franchise. Hmm. Um, I do think that the Gillespie move is like this is now a good backup plan for we can now confidently trade Monte or Bones if it's a bigger deal, you know, if we have to, and still have decent depth there. I start to think that maybe
0: Mitch would be a guy who comes if, like, maybe if you trade Monte and Bones, like, obviously that makes sense. Or... If we don't, if like Casey, if we don't, if one of those like other defensive options at the two doesn't work out, apparently he's like 6'5".
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so I wonder if maybe that's like a backup plan in that sense because maybe he can play off ball. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, we'll see.
1: Uh, we didn't draft Mijic Mies- yet. so My, my position uh, is I won't be mad if we get him, but I don't mm-hmm. expect us to get him. Understandable. Understandable. Um, do you... I don't know
0: <laughs> much about... Where do you think that... Who would even take him? me Like, when I think about teams in the league that might even...
1: I, I think about the Nuggets, and I think about... Well, he's 28, right? So I guess he's kind of a win now. Because I was going to say the Spurs like this kind of player, but they're not really... In like win in that mode. position. So, I mean, I feel like the most desperate team in the league right now for good point guard play is the Knicks. But I don't know if oh. he's like exciting enough. Don't go to the Knicks. <laughs> if you're listening, don't do it. So. You yeah, don't want I mean, this. I have no idea. I just haven't done a lot of research on the guy. I mean, I know he's, I guess he was like EuroLeague league MVP. But yeah, I think he's good. Like, I even think Faku was good. He's just I don't know, Ray, I just have red flags. Like, if you're already 28 and you haven't come to NBA by now, it's like, what are you doing? Maybe, but, like, a part of, part of me thinks that some of that is just the way that people view
0: European players, you know, where they have a certain, like, certain reputations and expectations that they're not going to be this or that, um, that they can't compete in a certain way. And I think more and more we're seeing that. that don't
1: you think we're past that stereotype by now? No. Oh. Not, not, I mean, not really. I mean, on like a surface level. So you think Jokic is like the exception to the rule, not the norm. They still think that Euros are soft. I
0: don't,
1: I don't think, think GMs they're think that.
0: Not necessarily soft, but I think they're not really interest. The interest isn't there. Like the valuation is, is kind of, uh, hasn't necessarily caught up. To the point where people see European prospects as, um, do you want to take a flyer, you know, on this guy, or would you rather take a Malik Beasley, you know? I, and I think teams I see. You're are saying still at the, we, they want more established guys now, and they they see they're more comfortable taking the conventional sort of, you know, guys who came in in college, or or at the very Scali's who were in the G League, or just the American, you know, or even just guys who like look. A little bit more the part. Mm-hmm. Uh, where if Faku was taller, you know, when you say it, as much as I hate the Faku comp, uh if Faku was taller, he would be fine. I think oh, wow. that I genuinely think that. He like he would have an easier time finishing at the rim. Um, he has a lot of skills and talents and he's a competitor and all that stuff. And, and that sort of like winning experience, I do think is actually valuable. And we talk about uh, I mean, if you trade Monte Morris, Bones is kind of young. I know he, I know he's been really good for his age uh and he played really well in you know to the extent that you can in the first round of the playoffs I mean he did a good he did, did a great job but I kind of I am kind of interested in that experience and in veteran leadership and someone who has one at, at least high levels you know and understands what it's like to be in that like the crowd in the environments and in that sort of thing that most of this team hasn't had, to be honest. Um, so especially, especially now, especially, if, like I said, if you move some of them, Jokic is just kind of the veteran. Barton is the veteran. Um, Jeff Green doesn't play a lot, hopefully. So uh, I, I'm interested Do you want to talk about some of the league-wide news or do you want to take a break first? Uh, Let's take a break. Okay, we'll be right back and then we will talk about some uh, certain, certain characters in certain cities called New York. So, Jeremy Grant is now a Portland Trailblazer. He has come to the Northwest Division for one future first-round pick from Milwaukee, a uh, three second-round picks, including one in the 22, 2022 draft, uh, and then the Pistons received one 20, 22 second-round pick in exchange as well. Peter, do you
1: think good trade, bad trade, good value, bad value? Uh, so I mean, there's two parts here, right? It's like if you're looking on it as who got the best player in the deal. Obviously, the Portland Trailblazers got a player, so <laughs> yeah, good deal they for did them. They get the best player. However, I just think it's absolutely hilarious that the I just Portland want to say, Trail Peter, and the that you and I that are
0: the best two podcasters on this podcast.
1: <laughs> Very, very clever. But, yes, no, they. uh, I just think it's hilarious that the Blazers and their fans think that they're, like, in win-now mode. I mean, I guess you have Dame Lillard, so it's like you kind of owe it to him. But at the same time, I I think we would all agree, like, Dame's probably a top-20 player in the league, but it's like if he's your number-one guy, you better have a perfect team around him to be, like, a contender. And they just don't. I mean, even – even before he got shut down last year, they were not good. And yeah, some of that was him being injured, but a lot of that was just, they just don't have a very good team. So Jeremy Grant makes them better, but I'm not worried about the Blazers now. And like,
0: I mean, he is amazing. Like, don't get me wrong, Damian Little is amazing. But I think if you look at similar players, players you compare game to like a Stephen Curry, for example, Look around at what Steph Curry has next to him, and then you look at what Damian Lillard has next to him. I, I think it's, right. uh, you know, even now, it's it's a tough sell to say that they're going to be up there. But
1: what else can you do? Right, and the Blazers, they don't guard anybody, you know? I mean, no. As, as bad as the Nuggets were defensively last year, the Blazers were even worse. They're atrocious. Lillard is not a good defender, so he's kind of like... He's got a much better reputation and he's probably a better player, but he's like Trey Young in the West Conference. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, Simon's had sort of a breakout season for them, but he's also like a very Jordan Clarkson, like, gunner, score first, doesn't play any defense kind of player. Um, He's the new CJ. In theory, Grant helps their defense, but the truth is we know this about Jeremy Grant. He's tall and he's long. He's a good defender compared to those guys, but he's not anywhere near like a lockdown defender, right? He just like he's think more it's like a connector him. defender.
0: I think it's about like what where his mental state is at. I think he can be like if he a if his role offensively is small enough that he has that energy because I think that is is often a time like a, it's like a like a back and forth guys who If you're going to ask someone to carry a team offensively and do a lot on that end and great for others, how do you turn around and go to the other end and then be a lockdown defender? Uh, But
1: at the same time, does he want that? I was about to say, isn't that kind of the hilarious thing in all this? He went to the Pistons because he wanted to show what he can do on offense. Now he's going to a team with Dame Lillard and Anthony Simons. Like, bro, you ain't getting the most shots or probably the second most shots. Well, he is getting the most shots at his position.
0: You know, sure. not, it's not like he has competition in that sense.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I was I mean, getting a little bit nervous for, like, some time there because right after that deal, then the rumors started popping up. Oh, now they're going to trade the seventh pick for Ananobi. Well, that didn't happen. They ended up taking Shadon Sharp, who's, like, boomer bust prospect. You know, he could be really good, but chances are he's not going to be really good next year. So, Right. I mean, Are the Blazers I mean, done making I mean, moves? I mean, so. he's probably not. But, you know, another elephant in the room is, Their ownership situation is in flux. I mean, their owner died a couple years ago, Paul Allen. So his wife's in control of the team, but I'm pretty sure she's in the process of trying to sell the team. So it's always confusing on what kind of moves a team makes when they're, like, making an ownership change. Right. Um, I wonder...
0: Is that a movement situation? Do you think? Well, no. Seattle's probably getting its own team, right?
1: I think that's in the cards. No, I don't think the Blazers are in danger of being moved. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to like plan. Say, let's make a deal where we are going to now go way over the cap and cost ourselves more money if we don't know who the owner is. Like, that's not really an attractive thing to sell to people. Is like, oh, you're gonna have to Come pay buy this more team. money now. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, so I feel like they're kind of hamstrung. Like I I just feel like it was a very short-sighted move. Like, Does it make the Blazers better next year? Absolutely. But tell me if I'm wrong. This is a very similar deal to what the Nuggets made for Jeremy Grant. He's got one year left on his deal. He'll help you this year. And then is he going to want to re-sign in Portland? If he didn't want to re-sign in Denver, I mean, I know those cities aren't like apples to apples, but it's like, it's similar, right? Like, why would you want to re-sign in Portland, especially if the team isn't that good? They're closer for sure in like environment and culture
0: than a Detroit or even right. like a coastal, like a like an LA DC kind of city, something mm-hmm. like that. So I could definitely see where you're coming from in that sense as far as him re-signing. But I, I would, I imagine, that's also why he was so affordable. You know, why he only took why it only took a future first to get him more or less, and some seconds. So, I mean, when he was here, we did go to our deepest playoff run ever with him. I I can't say that it was, like, a bad look on the court. Um, So, so I got to say it's a step forward for them, only because they haven't been willing to – you should have broken it up, like, three years ago. But if you're going to keep going, this is – you did, you're you're doing your best. You're doing your best, and this is what that
1: looks like. It seems. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they somehow get DeAndre Aiden, but I yeah, got it. and then that would be interesting. I don't know. I I, I hate the Blazers. I don't. I won't talk about you them hate the
0: Blazers. The Blazers for me are like I don't I don't hate the Blazers. I just like I don't think about them at all, and uh, at, at most I feel
1: bad for them. <laughs> Like I don't feel I don't, I don't feel bad for them. I don't feel competition. I'm still mad that they beat us in the playoffs in our first oh. playoff run, you know, when we didn't even play. Like we lost to I mean, Ennis Cantor. I mean, I agree, but like what were what were
0: we gonna do after that? Right. We would have just got swept by the Warriors just like they did. Yeah. So I'm not that I'm not Yeah, I was okay with it. They have and it's not like they're enjoying a bunch of success in our expense yeah. either. Uh, they're they're kind of like they're like the Browns.
1: They're not that bad. They made the playoffs eight years in a row. That's true. But I'm, look, I don't well, want to see any more nice things. about Okay, so let's all right. On.
0: They're like they're like the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: I'll say that. That's true. They made the playoffs a lot and lost a lot.
0: Yeah. Or it's like, I don't really feel. I mean, yes, they're like a good team. They're a competitive team, but it's like I like healthy competition. You know, those are going to be fun games. Uh, those can be really fun games, actually, in Ball Arena, uh, mm-hmm. or in, I mean, I'm sure in in Portland too, uh, they'll be fun there. But the sort of revenge dynamics of all of the things that are going to be going on, it'll be interesting. So Ray, Do you want to? Well,
1: let's um. I kind of want to wrap up here with like a big picture question. So sure. We know that your position is you've been pretty disappointed with the moves that have made the last couple of years. It sounds like you're pretty positive about the draft. Obviously, that's just one piece of the puzzle for this offseason. So I kind of want to see where your head's at in terms of confidence going into free agency and then, you know, just sort of your feelings towards next year and moving forward. My thoughts on the draft are
0: that I think it's a place to find talent. I would much prefer teams... If you have holes, you should be filling those like in the in free agency in the trade market that sort of thing. If you need a backup center, like you can always you can just go get one. It's not that it's not that hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty optimistic because I feel like the players that they took. I mean, Christian Brown fills a real need for them. Uh, Peyton Watson, I think, fills a real need, but even so, still has a lot of like upside. Mm-hmm. Um, The same is kind of true for Ismail where, I mean, I'm anticipating a few more, obviously a few more moves. I would be very, you know, I I look at the sort of state of the roster right now and what I see is I see a lot of guards, you know, I see a lot of, you know, I see kind of six, guards basically i see uh one small forward i see four power forwards i see two centers including all the draftees
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i'm hoping they pick up another because i think obviously aaron gordon michael porter they can kind of play who plays a small forward spot there i don't think it matters i think they can both sort of fill in kind of in the same way that we saw with Dino Gallinari and Wilson Chandler and a few other cases around the league where you see two guys who are kind of both combo forwards who can both do a little bit offensively, both do a little bit defensively. Maybe one is a little bit more one way. Maybe one is a little bit more the other. But I think they're fine as starters. Uh, uh, the big hole I'm thinking about is, like, who is the backup small forward right now? Because I think it's it's Jeff Green at the moment. Right? Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Jeff Green, Davon Reed. Jeff, I'm not really excited. I'm not no. really super interested or excited by either of those things. I mean, Davon Reed. I am sure he would be. It's if you're going to go small, if you're actively trying to go small, and and or match up with someone who is going small, it makes sense. At the same time, I don't think. And I've probably talked about this a lot as well. I see kind of Brown and Reed and Will Barton, they're guards. They're not forwards, you know. Uh small forwards, you're gonna run into guys with the bodies of of Aaron Gordons, of Michael Porters, of uh Peyton Watson's, you know. And so that's not. I mean, there's a health aspect that I think is really tough to sort of endure for 82 games. And I think there's just a size disadvantage that we're going to be at as much as if we have to do it that way. Uh, And at the same time, I think Jeff Green, he can play. I'm comfortable with him not making a lot of mistakes, but I also don't expect a lot of production out of Jeff Green. I don't think he's going to pull in a lot of rebounds or play a lot of defense or score a lot I mean he can maybe get hot but I mean I think you can get more out of a rotation piece than that at this point Um, yeah so I'm confident that they'll find some guys they don't have a full roster yet you know Uh, they Mm -hmm. don't have they haven't used all their roster spots so I hope they do find you know a backup big uh, backup center or two a backup small forward or two and it's going to be fascinating it's just going to go from there. to
1: see what they do with that with the you know the mid-level because you don't have to spend it all on one player you can kind of split um, it yeah you can use parts of it because i think what they'll do is like i doubt austin reverse signs on day one of free agency they probably are going to tell them like hey you know you did a really good job for us this last year we'd love to have you back on a minimum or going for these guys but if if plan a b and c fails you know we can give you more money you know, that's, I, I'm just predicting. I have no idea what the talks are like, but I feel like that's mm-hmm. probably what they're telling them, like hold tight because if plan A doesn't work, we, you might be able to get more than a minimum from us. Um, I'm going to be interested to see if they're going to go hard after a small forward target or a backup center with that money or spread it around. You know, who knows, but we'll definitely uh, be ready to react once once it plays out. I have to imagine
0: small forward is the like money position. You hope so. You have to hope so. Unless it's like, if Boogie, I don't know what you would pay to Marcus Cousins. I mean, it's probably more than the minimum, but maybe less than the full MLE. I don't know. And maybe you can go three million at each each spot. You know, spit. Anything. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. I should say. I think mm-hmm. uh, I trust Calvin until he proves that he's not worthy of my trust. Right. That that's kind of where I am. Um, do you want to talk about New York real quick? Knicks? Not the Knicks. I, oh. I mean the Knicks, you know, the Knicks are a mess. I mean, Stephen A. Smith shambles. I don't know if you've seen him on the at least the Knicks are consistent, right? They're uh they're consistently messy. <laughs> they are consistently messy. Uh, but no, I'm talking about the potential collapse of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, we might be watching it as we as we speak here. Uh um, the this coming. Yeah, How I mean Brooklyn is basically hesitant. What? they're basically hesitant to give Kyrie Irving long-term money, which based on, I mean, Kyrie's sort of unreliability as far as decision that he makes, his social dynamics with the team and with uh, his injury history. Cause I I also think that's a big factor, even without the pandemic going forward, you know, you're worried about his knees. He's, you know, getting older. And you want to give a guy five years max money? (laughs) So, guy who's going to play thirty years. If Kyrie Irving
1: wasn't like an an all world basketball player, right? If he was just like Jim that works at you know corporate company, he would have been fired by now, right? Or he would be like, you know, everybody has like one of those friends that like moves every three months. Like that's Kyrie, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Who burns a lot of bridges, I suppose. So, you know, he they've been in like twenty two relationships, and all their exes were crazy. (laughs) That's fair. That is right. fair, and I think probably if it, it didn't even have to be that 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 sharp of a gap if he was if he was p j Dozier good, he wouldn't be in the league. no, I don't think For sure. uh and, but I think the biggest impact of this is is on Kevin Durant. yeah uh, because by all the in- indications he hasn't been in contact with the team lately. uh we know they've just lost
1: James Harden,
0: who uh you know. And that's and also that weird. The dynamics
1: is like that Durant is like the bargaining chip for Kyrie. He's like, well, he's you the fine me, then, then Kevin this is might his win out. Yeah. <laughs> right. So
0: if they're not willing to pay Kyrie, I mean, at that point, you have to wonder if it becomes trade season for Kevin Durant, and this offseason becomes a different kind of offseason. Yeah. You know, there are some names out there Malcolm Brogdon, uh, DeJounte Murray who, you know, they're like big dominoes. And I think that we're going to see a lot of trades after that they get moved. And I think that's kind of what we're waiting on. But if it becomes a a Kevin Durant is available season, I
1: mean... Right. I I don't want that, by the way. that's like (laughs) As funny as it is for the Nets, I hope they stay because I don't want Durant going to a West team. And then you have one more team in the way.
0: I'm not worried about it. I mean, any team... I don't think you... Win championships by, like, praying for an easy path. You win by being the best team. I mean, if you're the best team, just be the best team. Yeah. Uh, eventually, at a certain point, you're going to have to go up against a Kevin Durant or somebody like that. Like. True. Um, and I kind of like the, the the prestige, to some extent, of being in the West and, and having that, like, yeah, this is the West, where where you're actually, you know, a deep, high-level, up-and-down-the-sort-of-conference level up and down the sort of conference uh conference. Oh yeah. I I've heard I've heard this talked about. And I'm not saying I don't think I want this, but there aren't that many teams that can trade for Kevin Durant. Right. That have the like means to trade for Kevin Durant. To make it work. We this might this probably gonna be a future thing, but I've seen teams point to Denver. I'm not saying this, and I'm not saying I want this, and I'm not saying they're, this is it. like a thing. This is not a rumor. This is I am not Woj. I am not Shams. Do not do not take this elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have supposed that the Nuggets have the best potential trade package for a Kevin Durant. They have. I know. Um. Well if you wanted to move Jamal and Mike oh god no i'm out on that <laughs> you're out on it yeah i mean it's 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 interesting because it's kind of, i i i almost agreed with them that if the nuggets were willing to do that i mean yeah it is probably the best pack i don't think there's another team in the league that can offer that kind of like package but is that what you want to do i mean that would be the most win now move of all time i was about to say that that that'd be the best uh
1: you open Kevin in combination Durant since Katie and Steph, but
0: do you think I Katie would
1: stay here? I know he's under contract for four years. So, well, yeah, that's true too.
0: I think he liked it. I mean, but he, I mean, he could decide to leave New York. I, I'm not deciding. gonna let my,
1: I'm not gonna let my brain go there. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't like the hired guns team. I like the the build from within. You know, I, I like the way we built. Fair, fair. Uh, Kevin Durant has said nice things about Denver. I want to root for Jamal and Mike. That's fair.
0: I mean, and Mike might be like, if Mike is KD light, then like, you know, we could revisit this in a year and it might be KD isn't enough, you know. KD might even take a step back or so and you might find that. I mean,
1: Tatum got the better of him in the first round, so he might be on the downslope. Yeah. I mean, I think he's he's, uh, getting getting to a
0: point where I don't think we're going to see the warriors Kevin Durant, where he's like the league's best defender and the one of the league's best rebounders and it's one of the to league's say best he's on offensive the back players. nine of his prime sure for sure but i mean still elite player elite player oh, yeah, for sure. um and yeah it's just interesting to see the amount of messiness in the yeah, just the nets organization also the fact that they've given the players so much agency here uh in terms of hiring steve nash and uh you know, bringing in the players that they want and the sort of, I mean, if you're Kyrie and you feel like the team just doesn't understand you, I mean, what did they not understand? <laughs> I have to believe that they, they
1: did everything they could. Well, but, well, to be to be fair, I mean, this isn't like a defense of Kyrie, but it's like, that was a city rule. The Nets, the Nets were like firm that the city said, you can't come to work if you're not vaccinated. Correct. So, I'm not sticking up for him not getting vaccinated. I'm just saying, like, there was other teams where he could have played if he made that same choice. Right. But because New true. York, It was like a unique situation, I guess. Because, I mean, Wiggins didn't want to get vaccinated either. Remember? But the Warriors yeah. basically were like, dude, we're trying to win a championship. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. Uh, so that's true. Um, that's that's I think that's about it. As far as you know, news this week. I'm sure there will be more to come. Uh, free agency happens this coming week. Is yep. that correct? So, I think, I think that'll body. be a uh, interesting sort of tipping point for more moves and guys trying to create cap space. And you never know what the Knicks are going to do. So, yeah, it should be fun. Looking so, forward to it. We can kind of sign off here. This has been Four Corners. I am Ravon Hagshaw. You can find me on Twitter at Ravon Hagshaw, Peter at BucketSense88. Uh, Zach. When he comes back on the pod, we will get him at a lower altitude at Zach Gottlieb. Have a great day. And as always, go nuggets.